ladies and gentlemen and Corner Kick fam, welcome back to Pod Taken Quickly, an edition of our Corner Kick podcast where we talk about some juicy news stories and also sometimes a little bit more personal and intimate stories that relate to the beautiful game that we all love like this one. Today I'm joined not by Nathan, not by Caleb, but one of my truly one of my best friends in the world from Suwannee, the University of the South. Theo Evans, who is here to talk about his first season being a soccer fan, specifically (laughs) the insane ride that has been supporting Nashville SC. We are recording this on the evening of November 24th. We have just witnessed Nashville SC stroll into Connecticut, into Hartford, Connecticut, and knock off the second seed in Toronto FC. And and then, you know, probably one of the more entertaining 1-0 games you'll ever see in your life. This was after the expansion team beat the other expansion team in Inter-Miami 3-0 at Nissan Stadium. And Theo, you were actually attending that game, so we'll get your thoughts on that. But welcome to Corner Kick. Thank you. It's, a, it's truly an honor to be here, uh, and I, I really appreciate this opportunity to, to tell my little novice kind of newbie story about what it is to uh, be a soccer fan. Yeah, I, I picked my team uh, based purely off of geographic location from Tennessee originally. I decided that's going to be my team. We're going to start with this Toronto game, obviously, because that's fresh on the mind. But you and I actually attended the inaugural match of Nashville SC in the MLS, you know, what has now gone down is kind of a historic day in MLS history with 59,000 people packed into Nissan Stadium for that opener against Atlanta United. And we'll talk ourselves through that. We'll go down memory lane there. But did you, first of all, did you expect, uh, you know, Nashville SC, an expansion team with the players that we had playing a very defensive style of soccer? Obviously, the MLS Defender of the Year, Walker Zimmerman, holding things down at the back, a very experienced defensive midfielder and Dax McCarty as well, lining up ahead of him. Were you expecting us to get this far in the playoffs? And what has your experience been considering that it, it took such a long time for Nashville SC to get the ball rolling again following the fact that they couldn't play in MLS's back and it was five months in between games for them? So I'll tell you that from the beginning of the season, based on how I watched them play, going back to that, that day on uh, February 29th, the leap day, what a weird day it was. Nashville SC meets up with Atlanta United and loses what really was a close-fought game, especially for an expansion team going up against someone who's, as I understand it now, to be considered a, a relative powerhouse. And bear in mind, we're on February 29th, 2020. You haven't seen this season play out. I know nothing about soccer. I'm doing research and learning. Well, I know the basic players, but I don't uh, like positions, but I don't know the power dynamics, particularly in MLS. Um, And I I watched that game and I thought, you know what? If we can make the playoffs, if we can just make the playoffs, I'll be happy. That's that was my threshold. That's where I I said it, because I thought looking at that game that they could make the playoff. They might squeak in, but they can make it. What about, you know, watching that? performance in particular made you think how oh, we might have something here so they were they were really kind of disorganized they weren't you could tell they weren't a team yet they weren't communicating there wasn't that kind of that kind of brotherhood yet but the the sheer weight of the Nashville fans at that game and the physical prowess and just how these players played the game individually once they got into a certain chemistry with each other I th- I thought that 
and it appears correctly that they could make the playoffs at least look decent for an expansion team. I didn't think they were going to fall off the rails. Everybody was comparing us to, um, you know, Cincinnati and Minnesota, uh, Minnesota United in their first years um, who had Minnesota United gave up a record breaking number of goals in their first year. And Cincinnati is um, at the bottom of the Eastern conference right now. Cincinnati are rivals from the USL days. I might mention the way Gary Smith built this team was brilliant looking back on it by the way he built it i mean building from the back of course as we mentioned walker zimmerman and that defensive line yeah and i think just to contrast what you're saying about that first game and how scatterbrained the approach looked at times but you could tell the individual quality was there from some of these players zimmerman especially who actually scored our inaugural goal you know move move the clocks forward now you know we're in late november this team has had about half a year to gel as a unit, I would say. And look at the performance that they put in tonight against, I would say, a, a Toronto team that looked a little weary at times, but still have players like Josie Altador, like Pozuelo, who's arguably been one of the best attacking players in the league this season. Real MLS veterans. Akinola as well, who's one of the you know rising stars in the game. And you could tell that the organization and togetherness was there. So what does that say to you about the progress of what you saw from that opening day and also what this team can achieve going forward? So the, the Toronto game in particular is a, is a fascinating microcosm for what Nashville is. Um, I think the possession in the Toronto game, uh, this game that we just finished watching, was something like uh, 62 was Toronto and 38 was Nashville. And yet... Nashville outshot them 21 to 12. Nashville created more chances. Uh, they had more offsides, uh, and they had some finishing issues, which is again the microcosm. There's a there's a beautiful bus in the back line of Nashville that I thoroughly enjoy watching balls like magnets zip to the heads of our defenders and fly 40 yards down back towards the the other team's goal, the opposing side's goal, and then they just take the spray and pray approach um, when it comes to scoring goals. Sometimes it's great, you know, like Miami, three to nothing. Sometimes it's frustrating, um, as with this game. But we won, and I'm so, I'm so, I'm so happy with my, with my boys. I just, that's, that's my boys out there. So I want to get to that aspect of things, because you obviously grew up with the Georgia Bulldogs, going to games, watching those games religiously with your family, and now you're tackling this whole other experience of becoming a soccer fan, kind of coming into the game cold. And (laughs) this is probably not the most ideal year, 2020, to be picking up a new sport with the way that coronavirus has sort of knocked the league back and forth in terms of scheduling things and not knowing when we're exactly going to play games. Nashville thinking that we were going to be involved in the MLS's back tournament, and it turning out that that was not the case due to positive coronavirus tests. So what about this team, A, made you stick around in order to see this out, and also when you eventually went back to Nissan Stadium for that first playoff game, what was that experience like, you know, being one of the sole fans who made that journey to the stadium? Uh, Nashville was pulled out of the tournament two days before their first group stage game. And I, I was fairly devastated. But uh, as a lifetime Georgia Bulldog fan, I'm used to pain. Pain is my breakfast. Um, <laughs> I, it is it is normal. I mean, have you ever seen a Georgia team play any sport? 28 to 3 is quite a famous number around my yes. house. Yes. Yep. I'm not an Atlanta Falcons fan, thankfully. But 
the primary reason was I kind of, on that first game, going back to February 29th, we did lose. But it was the anthem and being in the back line and seeing the players come come up to us and support us in the same way that we supported them. We should say for context, you and I were sitting in the supporters section and we were about three rows away from the field. And the, the, the club anthem is uh, by Judah Little Iron uh, and it's called Never Gonna Give Up On You. It is the Nashville SC song. Nashville got COVID. Nashville got pounded and hounded on for their problems finishing by all of the pundits in, so- in, in, in MLS soccer. They got the tornado that ripped through one of the uh, starters, David Akam's apartment. Uh, people might have forgotten the Nashville tornadoes, but it was a major, it was a major deal. But that kind of that kind of grit and the the message of that anthem and that moment. Uh, I, I I mean I I had sold my soul. I had signed on the dotted line. This is it. It's, I'm a diehard now. That's it. So when the day comes and you get up and you realize that you're facing off against David Beckham's Inter Miami, the other MLS expansion team who've brought in flashy exports like Gonzalo Higuain, who eventually didn't play on the day due to COVID, but also Blaise Matuidi, who won the 2018 World Cup with France. Were you feeling confident going into that game? And how was that experience for you kind of coming back into the fold for Nashville as a fan? So... As a fan, uh, I'd gotten used to it at this point. I, I'd heard what the what the pundits are saying, um, and honestly, I was expecting nothing more than everyone to get the narrative wrong, to to write off Nashville, say, "Oh, they don't have they don't have the finishing, uh, they don't have the flashy players, they don't they they play money ball, they're they're a defensive turtle." And I thrive on that. I thrive on that negativity um, towards this club. Um, and I, I, I'd like to imagine the players do as well. They just, they completely underestimate what Nashville is. And that is a defensive team that will surprise you. Uh, see the Randall Leal Golazo uh, for evidence. Whew. Unbelievable strike. I think there's a, it's really interesting because that goal came a few weeks after a player for Bayern Munich, Corentin Toliso, scored a similar goal in the Champions League for Bayern, a goal that just looked like if it hadn't hit the back of the net, it would have just kept rising. It would be in the solar system by now. But yeah, I certainly was not expecting that level of quality from Nashville's attackers in the playoffs. Because I I remember watching Hani Mukhtar, you know, speaking of Bayern Munich, a player coming over from Bayern's academy, you know, looking to kind of jumpstart his career with Nashville. He was supposed to be the guy who was operating in those creative positions, playing balls through to our strikers like Daniel Rios. And at that point, we didn't have Yonder Cadiz. I think now you're starting to see that the benefit of building through the back, like Gary Smith has emphasized, and that underdog mentality that you're talking about has opened up the opportunity for players like Hani Mukhtar, for Randall Leal, to express themselves as individuals more. Yeah, and the other thing that is important about Nashville um, is uh, they had one of, if not the best, defensive performance throughout the entire season. Coupled with the fact that a lot of Nashville's goals um, that they scored this season were off of uh, were off of set pieces, and we ha- it hasn't been until the end of this uh, se- the end of the season, and particularly into the postseason uh, with the Orlando game, which we came back to win after uh, we were down. Uh, in the first half, one three to two against Orlando, the Orlando's only defeat the entire year. Big picture for you, 
coming out of that playoff win in Miami and being able to be there at the stadium witnessing kind of the genesis of where this team can go in the future from both an attacking standpoint and a defensive standpoint, their connection with the fan base. A lot has been talked about, like we already said, about Miami and the fact that they're kind of a reflection that glamour life, you know, that glamour urban David Beckham driven like style and panache. Did Ian Air, you know, former Liverpool CEO, knows quite a bit about soccer, knows quite a bit about how to build a team and pick a coach, having been one of the people involved in picking Liverpool's current manager, Jurgen Klopp, and look what Liverpool have achieved with him. Do you think that the higher ups at Nashville have gotten this right and have put together a team and a club that really reflects the people who are going to be going there to support them in the Nashville area? Absolutely. Um, I, I definitely agree. Uh, and I think that they've built this, built this perfectly. Uh, Nashville's not a flashy city, um, despite it being the music city. It is a city based off of um, being forged out of wilderness um, and being on the banks of this river. There's no like pristine beaches, uh, you know, using the counterpoint of Miami. I mean, we came into the, the league together. We're going to be forever tied to Miami and compared to Miami. But the, the tornado knocks us down. COVID knocks us down. Uh, every No one believes in, in Nashville in their first year. They just knocked off Toronto um, in extra time. Uh, it was not pretty. It was sometimes a little ugly, but they thoroughly outplayed Toronto. And I think they've hit their stride. They're, they're built to hit stride at the right time when it matters. And I think Nashville fans, I'm obviously just a, a transplant from up north. I do have only kind of experienced Tennessee for the past three and a half years of my life, but it's been an absolute joy to kind of integrate myself into the South. And just from being down there and being amongst the Nashville fans for the short, short period that I was, I think that they really embraced kind of like you were articulating at the beginning of this podcast. They really embraced the grit and grind of getting through matches the dirty way somewhat. Yeah, and, and we're more than happy to do it. Uh, it's going to make our blood pressure spike, but you know we're in the South anyways. Everybody's blood pressure is high. We like seizing the game, even without the ball. Nashville controls games without the ball, which is the most fascinating thing to me about this team. Because, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but conventional wisdom says the team with possession sets the pace and controls the game. Uh, and you can win by having less possession by getting great counterplay. Certainly in the last 15 years or so, I would say that's true. That's not how Nashville plays. It's just not. Would you have it any other way though? No, 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 no. I don't want any, I don't want fancy. I, I don't want the fanciness. I like, I like their grit. I like watching Walker Zimmerman hit head or Dax McCarty head away corner after corner after corner or in swinging ball from a free kick. They had four sh- shots on goal, two saves for Joe Willis, of course. Uh, I like the gritty kind of grind because it lets Nashville sneak up on teams. I don't know if teams buy into that, but I think fans certainly do. I think someone who kind of reflects, and they were very smart, Ian Air and the higher-ups at Nashville, to get a coach like Gary Smith, someone began his playing career at Fulham, knows the grit and grind of English soccer, You know, has, has managed teams like Stevenage in the lower divisions of English soccer, so he knows how to graft through games, how to work hard through games. The really impressive thing, because I feel like something that you can get wrong when building teams from the bottom up is you do want to go for that flashbang 
approach, getting acquiring all of the, you know, Rolls Royce names, attacking players, talents. But I think they've done a really, really brilliant job of building this team in a complete blue collar fashion that has kind of won the hearts and minds of of their very young fan base, I would say. Uh, they might disagree with you on the fact that they're young because Nashville has been fighting this fight, apparently, and I've only joined recently. I kind of almost feel like a fake fan, and I say that coming in on their inaugural season, but there's thousands of people that were fighting for Nashville to become an MOS team when they were in USL. Uh, And that's another thing. I I think that Nashville came with the style that you had to swallow, a little bit of medicine, and then they went and found the the people to manage it. Ian Eyre and Gary Smith, who could play into that narrative and said, ah, I like that. I can build with that. You know what that is? That's not dirt and rubble. Those are are bricks, and that is mortar, and I will build my castle upon which to park a massive bus in front of the goal. So the Columbus crew next. I guess I want to close this off by asking you, what are your favorite moments from this very abbreviated season? I imagine the layout goal is up there. I imagine this Daniel Rios goal that we've just witnessed to win this game is up there. But, you know, what have your highlights been your first inaugural season as a soccer fan? They're, they're trying to build up this kind of uh, dirty South rivalry between uh, Atlanta and uh, Nashville SC, which I guess makes sense geographically and makes sense uh, to the sports media. And winning... Uh, against Atlanta 4-2 to two after they beat us the previous two times. Um, admittedly, they had kind of fallen off the rails at that point. Um, I think they, I don't know if it was right before or right after that, they fired their manager, DeBoer. So that was one of my favorite uh, overall games. But if I had to pick one specific moment, you know, FC Dallas was in the same uh, boat as us, uh, getting knocked out of uh, MLS's back tournament. The second game that we played against them uh, in Dallas away, firstly, Gary Smith was out because he had gotten COVID. Secondly, um, a lot of players like David Akam that I just mentioned, remember that name is going to come up in a second, had had their houses or their friends' houses um, or their power or their water knocked out by those tornadoes. Uh, And this is their first game since uh, Portland. Uh, back in March. Uh, it's been a long time. And David Akam comes in in the second half under Steve Guppy and gets our first goal off of a deflection, a, a kind of gritty, maybe we didn't deserve that, but we got it anyways kind of goal. That moment was another moment that I was I was just like, yeah, this is, this is the identity. That goal right there, it exemplifies what it is to watch and love Nashville SC football. The tor- a tornado just ripped through this man's house. Yes. Um, and he got the game winner. Our first ever win in MLS. If that doesn't exemplify the grit, I, I don't know what does. And that's, that's what I like. Well, yeah, it sounds like you're absolutely embracing the intimacy and the highs and lows of soccer. And, and I've been happy to experience this journey with you. And I'm very glad that it looks like we have one more game to watch together. At least one more against Columbus. They had our number when we played them earlier, but I don't think it was that big of a loss. Um, or at least, the, the I think they either won 3-1 to one or 3-2. to two. I know they got three goals. Um, yeah. But we outplayed them for a significant part, and we're looking a lot better. So I'll take my chances. Come on, you boys in gold. Well, yeah, this has been an absolute joy. The reason why I wanted to have you on is because you tell a story unlike anyone else that I know. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure to get to see you kind of become a 
newborn soccer fan and take this journey. So we have got one more match coming up against the Columbus crew for Nashville SC. They've just knocked off Toronto. They've just knocked off David Beckham's Miami. And you know, that brings me a lot of joy just because David Beckham is a Manchester United legend. And I love, you know, blocking the dreams as a Liverpool fan of Manchester United players. This has been a real joy, Theo. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. And thank you for letting me tell this little story. That has been Corner Kick. I've been Nick Vinden. And I'm Theo Evans. We will see you all next time.